It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I was not able to be seen on base in the OBGYN clinic. The war in Afghanistan had just ended and um. there were tens of thousands of refugees at the base where we're stationed. So wow. they were outsourcing any new patient to the German economy. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I am joined by fellow mom, Katie, for a special birth story. Katie reached out to me to share the story of her international birth as a mom from the United States. Katie and her family are stationed overseas in Germany for her husband's army assignment, and due to a lack of availability, she wasn't able to receive her prenatal care and deliver on base. Instead, she is seeing a German OBGYN and midwife and gave birth in a German hospital. In this episode, you will not only hear the story of Katie's birth, but will also use Katie's experience navigating a foreign healthcare system as a jumping off point to discuss what's the same and what's different compared to typical care here in the U.S. If you're interested in hearing another episode that deals with international birth after this one, I invite you to check out podcast episode number 45 next, where I had midwife Marley on the show to talk about maternity care in the UK. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from? Anything you want to share? Yeah. So my name is Katie Weschler, and I'm originally from Southern California, but I'm currently living in Southwestern Germany, where we are stationed with my husband's army assignment. And Ah. this is my very first army assignment with him. So this is learning all the things from being a parent to living in a new country to (laughs) if Mm -hmm. it's new, I've done it recently. So yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, that's a lot too to do yeah. for the first time. <laughs> well, we are coming gonna be... off the heels of a pandemic. <laughs> no, seriously, I know, I know. I feel like we're still. I mean, it's been what two and a half years, and we're well through pretty yeah. much almost three years, and we're all kind of shell shocked from that experience. But, exactly. <laughs> well, we are going to be talking all about your birth today. So usually, what I have people do is kind of start from the beginning. Let's talk about your pregnancy. We can talk about like where you were when you found out, how your first trimester was, second trimester, third trimester, and then we will go into your birth. 
Perfect. Sounds good to me. Yeah, we actually, the day that we found out we were pregnant was the day that all of our household goods were being delivered. So we had been here for probably two months. We had lived in a hotel for about 10 days and then in our house with temporary furniture for about a month and a half, had purchased some new furniture, were waiting for the rest of our stuff to come. And we had kind of been playing around with what's going to go in which room of the house. And so right before the movers came, I told my husband, I think we might have to reevaluate where certain rooms are going to go because we may need to be... (laughs) using one of the rooms for a nursery and we weren't likely going to try the year after. So it was a bit of a surprise, but a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So because you were kind of already over there, were there any cultural differences that you saw like surrounding the first trimester sharing your news? Like how is it over there? Yeah. So we kind of are in this like weird spot, not weird, but because we're here with the military, Mm-hmm. We're around so many Americans. So we live in a German village. Our landlords and our neighbors are our friends and they're German, but it's kind of, we have the best of both worlds, I guess. So we have the comforts of home, but we also are within the German community. So, and I had no other, this is my first baby. So I had nothing to compare it to either. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it just was all new. It was interesting though. I was not able to be seen on base in the OBGYN clinic, because Mm -hmm. when we first found out we were pregnant was when the war in Afghanistan had just ended. And there were tens of thousands of refugees at the base where we're stationed. Mm -hmm. And so all of the medical personnel were helping with that effort. And there were tons and tons of women and babies and children who needed care. So they were outsourcing any new patient to the German economy. Um, So I just had to find my own German doctor. So I emailed a bunch of places that were within 30 minutes from our house and a couple Mm -hmm. of the offices emailed me back. And so I just went to one that said, oh, we can see you next week. So it kind of was a whirlwind, but I ended up really liking my doctor. And it's interesting. And like, again, I had nothing to compare it to except for what friends have told me about in the States. But Mm -hmm my appointments, which were the same cadence as what they are in the States. Okay. The doctor did almost everything besides Hmm. going in for getting blood drawn and your weight and blood pressure. Mm -hmm. As soon as that was done, you went right into the doctor and she's the one who did all the ultrasounds and things like that. And I had an ultrasound done at every single appointment throughout my entire pregnancy, which I know is not necessarily common. Yeah, that's definitely not. Yeah. Interesting. Huh? Yep. So you said this answers this question, but when your first appointment was and the cadence is the same. So you probably saw a doctor in your first trimester or towards the end of your first trimester. And then it was like every four weeks and then every, you know, eventually every two weeks, every week. Yeah, they actually give you these little books. Uh Uh-huh. I'll show you it. It's pretty cool. It's called the Mother Pass, Mother Pass. Ah. And... Everyone gets this their very first appointment and it has on the first page a calendar. Oh, interesting. And they write the date of every appointment and then it has what's happening at the appointment next to it We need one of those. That's so nice. It's so nice. (laughs) Yeah. So then you can know if you're getting lab work done, if there's a blood test happening. And then 
toward the end of the pregnancy, I started to see a midwife also. Mm-hmm. And so she could do some of the appointments and then the doctor did some of them too. So it was nice that everything was in my little book. So I didn't forget anything. <laughs> yeah. You have like a little guide to kind of reference to that's, that's yep. pretty cool. Are you in search of the perfect pump for your breastfeeding days? Proven to provide more milk in less time, the Motif Luna is a powerful breast pump that's built for modern motherhood and covered by insurance. With a battery-powered or non-battery version, the Luna is perfect for today's busy mom. The Motif Luna breast pump is lightweight and sleek, quiet and customizable, so you can quickly find what works best for you and your baby. The Luna also features a backlit LCD screen, built-in nightlight, closed system, quiet motor, and auto shutoff. And the battery-powered model gives you even more freedom and flexibility with a rechargeable battery that lasts over two hours. But beyond the features and ease of use, the Luna works. In a third-party study, five out of six moms reported more milk and less time than the leading pump brands. As a pumping mama, I personally used and loved my Luda pump. The expression mode works to express milk as efficiently as possible, while the massage mode would stimulate my letdown by mimicking my baby's natural nursing pattern. Sophisticated, strong, and soothing, covered by insurance, get ready to make your pumping days easier with the Motif Luna. To learn more about the Luna and order one for your breastfeeding and pumping journey, head on over to MotifMedical.com. And as a special offer for all MLN podcast listeners, you can get 15% off site-wide, including the Luna plus all supplies and accessories with the code MLN23. Some exclusions may apply. That's code MLN23 for 15% off site-wide at MotifMedical.com. Before we go any further, you mentioned midwifery care. So how does that work? Is it similar to how it is in the States is, you know, you can kind of decide to go with a midwifery practice or decide to go with an OB-GYN. Sometimes we have OB-GYNs that midwives work underneath them, or is it a totally separate Mm -hmm. experience? I think it's about the same. So the midwife who I saw, my neighbor actually found her for me in our little local village newspaper. She had been a midwife at one of the local hospitals and had Mm -hmm. just started her own practice. So was looking for new patients, which was great because just like in the States, there's a shortage of healthcare workers. So when you find someone who can take you, you want to book it right away. So about halfway through, my doctor said, you can start seeing one if you'd like. So -hmm. when I found one, we divided out the appointments. And so some of the appointments she came to my house for the other ones, I went to her house where she had an in-home practice downstairs. Mm. And then she also came to our house for probably the first month, every couple days oh. when we were home from the hospital. So that was really nice. That is very nice. I'm very interested in that. We're definitely going to talk more about postpartum care because I know that's a big difference Mm -hmm. than it is here. Um, So tell me before we start talking about your actual birth, how was the birth preparation? Was there a big focus on birth preparation during your prenatal care? So I want to talk about that. And then I also am curious what your delivery plan was. Yeah. So I, with the doctor, we really just talked about what was happening in that moment. She always asked if I had questions. 
I used to be a journalist, so I do a lot of research on my own. So I felt like I never really had that many questions, which was maybe surprising to her, but I don't know. I'm also in my 30s. So I've had quite a few friends who have had babies too. Not that that makes me an expert, but I also like knew when, you know, it wasn't a complete mystery to me, but um, I took your class. The, I think I took the one that was the natural one. I was Mm -hmm. probably going to have an epidural, but I figured if I took the one for natural, then it would be just easy to tack on an epidural if I wanted one. But I also wanted to learn some of the other techniques along the way too. Yeah, for sure. Um, So in the German health system, you don't deliver with your OB. So you just see your OB or your midwife throughout your care. And then when you get to the hospital, it's just whoever is on staff. Like I didn't even contact my doctor saying that we were on the way to the hospital. I emailed her from the hospital Mm -hmm. once the baby was here saying, here he is. Yeah. (laughs) But the hospital that I went to did have an OB clinic at it, Mm -hmm. but I had already established practice with the other one. And that was fine with me because I always knew that even in the States, that could be a possibility. So to me, it wasn't bothersome that it would be a different doctor because I knew that that could be the case either way. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, let's talk about your birth and tell me kind of the days leading up to it. Did you have to be induced? Did you go into labor on your own? Set the scene for me. Yep. So the baby max was due on May 30th. So I was obviously going to doctor and midwife appointments almost daily leading up to that. And then when the 30th rolled around, still no baby. (laughs) So I would have had to go in to be induced two days after, but then I started labor on my own. I think on maybe the first, no, that's crazy. No, I was only in labor for one day. Oh my gosh. The baby's (laughs) not been sleeping well. So my brain is. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) On the third, he was born the fourth. On the third, I started having contractions and I had had a few like leading up to that, but nothing significant at all, just a few here and there. So right around bedtime, like 10 or 11, I really started like, okay, something's going to happen tomorrow. And then throughout the night, it just got progressively like, okay, something's definitely going to happen. So Mm -hmm. I think we woke up around six or seven or something. And I thought, okay, like I need to not be at home anymore. Like we should go. And the hospital was 30 or 40 minutes away. So I knew let's go. So when we got to the hospital, I got checked in. I had gone to the hospital maybe around week 35 just to do a check-in with them so Mm -hmm. that they could get the paperwork and everything like that. And it was just like a U.S. hospital. They had lots of different options that you could do. They had birthing tub, different birthing rooms, all the different equipment, things like that. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one is about Birth It Up, the C-section series. She says, sharing my Birth It Up baby with you. He was born one week ago today on December 5th. We took your C-section course and we felt completely prepared and comfortable going into the whole procedure. I felt calm the whole time and was able to let go and trust my birth team. My partner also felt ready and educated. The whole C-section was a really positive experience for us, and I loved my birth. Ugh, I love it. I just love it. And she sent a cute little picture of her little baby. Ugh. 
keep them coming, you guys. I love getting these messages so much and I love reading them out on the podcast here and just seeing them in DMs. So if you've taken a course and you had your baby, please send me all of the messages and all the pictures because I really can't get enough of them. Like it just, it warms my heart. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. So we got checked in and they examined me and everything. And I was like, not dilated at all. Oh, darn. Mm -hmm. So, but because I already was five days after my due date, and I had a little bit of a fever, they kept me. So they didn't uh-huh. send me home uh-huh. because since I would have had to come in in a day or two anyways to be induced, they yeah. said I could stay. So that was good. But then after about an hour of being there, I just was so worn out. I threw up. It was really uh-huh. gross. Uh-huh. I was so tired, ready to just be done. And I still like, still was not dilated at all. Like nothing <laughs> Nothing was happening. My contractions were getting worse, but nothing was happening to my body otherwise. So the doctor came in and she told me, okay, we have three options. And she started with, we could do a C-section as the first option. And at that point I said, yeah, let's go and do it. Mm -hmm. Because it had already been close to 10 or 12 hours at that point. And I was so exhausted I already had gotten sick and I thought it could be another 12 hours. It could be another two hours. Mm -hmm. It could very likely still end up in a Mm C-section. And I really did not want it to turn into an emergency C-section. I rather would have had it be not planned, but at least they had time to set up the OR and things like that. It wasn't, you know, an emergency. Oh, in the next 30 seconds, we need to get this baby out type of thing. So Because of that, it took them about an hour and a half, two hours (laughs) to get everything ready since it wasn't, you know, okay, we got to go. Yeah. So that was probably the toughest part was still having contractions, knowing that a C-section was going to be the outcome in the end. At that point, I was kind of just, okay, let's just get this show on the road and get baby out of here. But it ended up being a good thing that we did the C-section because he had some meconium on him Mm -hmm. and which they couldn't tell any of that beforehand. So it ended up being a good thing. So I'm glad that that's what I went with. And yeah, I just don't think I had it in me to say, no, I'm going to try to labor for another 10 hours or whatnot. The outcome is to have the baby in the end. Right. To me, it didn't matter how we got there as long as the baby was healthy in the end. So I thought that was the best route to go. So totally. I mean, if you weren't dilated at all after that long of a time too, it Mm kind of makes sense that, you know, that's what they were leaning towards. It would have been different if you were like, you know, even a little bit of change, making a little bit of change, like, okay, you know, we're starting Mm -hmm. to trip, but it's like, it's no, absolutely no change over this many hours. And it's like, okay, the odds that we're going to have a vaginal delivery are starting to really go down. And you already said that you you came in with a little bit of a fever. So they probably were taking that into, you know, consideration. So Yeah. yeah. I agree that that was probably the best bet at and that And I don't point. even know what her other two options were. Yeah. <laughs> because as soon as she said, <laughs> as yeah. soon as she said, oh, we'll do surgery, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I have 
a laissez-faire attitude about all this, but it all worked out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's talk about postpartum and how that was. So first of all, how long did you stay in the hospital? Um, we, so we were only there for three days, which was nice. Um, I think they let us out a day early because they knew that I had a midwife Mm -hmm. who was going to come check on us and everything was healing up fine. Um, so that and the food in the German hospitals was not good. So we were looking forward to getting home and getting some, you could go out and get food, but obviously that's another, just another step of my husband leaving to go get food and whatnot. So but they were all very nice. It's all midwives in the hospital also. Mm. So it's the OBs and then all of the nurses are nurse midwives. So gotcha. Gotcha. And that's also a little bit different. Yeah. So on day three, we headed home and then the midwife came, I think the next day. And then she came every couple of days to weigh the baby. She took out my stitches at home, mm, was checking okay. my incision, things like that. So I didn't go and see my doctor until my six week appointment. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So they pretty much did, yeah. you know, all home care up until that yeah. point. When you were in the hospital, were there any nurses there taking care of you? Or was it just the doctors and the midwives were kind of checking in on you? Yeah. Doctors and midwives. Yeah. They're the ones who who do everything in the labor and delivery unit. Yeah, interesting. Are you a third trimester mama that's wondering what you should actually be doing to get prepared for birth and baby? What if I told you I have a free third trimester prep pack to take the guesswork away? It's true. Inside of this jam-packed set of printable PDFs, you'll get instant access to our super popular hospital bag checklist, birth plan templates created by my team of L&D nurses, a third trimester to-do list with over 20 different things on it, my exclusive list of postpartum essentials, and more. It's an instant free pregnancy planner to get and keep you on track in your third trimester. To grab the third trimester prep pack for free, simply head over to mommylabornurse.com slash third trimester. That's mommylabornurse.com slash T-H-I-R-D trimester for your free third trimester prep pack. So I want to ask, what would you say was the most challenging part about this whole experience? You know, being pregnant, giving birth in a different country. Yeah. So I didn't really enjoy being pregnant. So, <laughs> so it was that. that overall, just for me, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't super fun, but I think the most challenging thing is actually still to come because I still need to submit all of my receipts for insurance uh, uh. to get reimbursed. So since I have private insurance on the German economy, you just pay cash as you go for the appointment. Oh, interesting. Which it's far more affordable than in the States to begin with. Yeah. The hospital stuff that was billed directly to our insurance. So that's good. But all of the appointments and lab visits and the midwife bill and everything like that, I still need to get around to uploading all of it into our insurance system. And that's just, it's going to be a pain, but I just, you know when you have a six month old at home, <laughs> yeah. there's just not a lot of time to sit down and scan. There's not scan a bunch no. of paperwork and stuff. So no. yeah, that probably is the most challenging thing. Um, especially because if I had been seen on base, everything would have been covered right out of the gate. Yeah. Like streamlined. Yeah, exactly. But 
all things considered, I'm very happy with the care I got. So I would do it again. I would do it again on the German economy. And it was really good. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you already answered one question I was going to ask is how old is your baby? And you mentioned that he's not sleeping super well right now, but I want to know, are you guys, (laughs) I know, sleep regressions, you know, like it's, they're tough. (laughs) I want to know what's next for your family. Are you guys going to a different country? Are you coming back to the States? Do you don't know? Yeah, we'll be here until June of 2024. So we're about at the halfway mark. So he'll be just around two years old when we move. And where that is, it can literally be anywhere. We would love to be able to stay in Europe, but that's not how the army works. You can put your preference in, but they'll send you where they need to send you. So (laughs) for the next year and a half, we're just going to continue to take it all in. And the German... Culture is so friendly to kids and babies. Very cool. So it's been really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, any final words of encouragement for any other military families who might be listening? I think the biggest thing is even if you can't be seen on base, if things don't go according to plan, wherever you are, they want to care for you. Someone goes into being an OB or goes into being a labor and delivery nurse because they care for patients. It might be different than you expected, but I think especially with the last few years with everything being so crazy with the pandemic anyway, I think that I have a very different outlook on all of this than I would have if I had been back home and all this had happened. And I've told this to my friends and family that I used to be like such a type A personality and everything had to be, you know, plan, plan, plan. And I honestly am not glad the pandemic happened, but with all of this, giving birth in another country, everything like that, there were a little bit of language barriers, but especially because we live in an area that has so many American service members and has since the 1960s. Yeah. Everyone speaks really good English. So to me, there really was never an issue with it. Even some of the midwives, oh, I don't speak good English. You're like, your English is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fine. I want to ask, totally have you fine. had to learn much German? No, and I really wanted to coming into all of this. But fortunately, unfortunately, it's just you don't need it because yeah. everyone from the people at the grocery store to the doctors to everyone just for the most part, speak such good English and our neighbors, we're really good friends with them. And they're the ones who own our house. So they help us with things if we, you know, need something translated or so we really feel like we're part of the community here. But yet, they also like to learn from us too. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know really any German, I can read signs and read things in the grocery store. And I've been buying all German baby products. Mm baby food, things like that, baby formula, which that was another thing that was nice that we're breastfeeding, but there's no formula shortage here. So yeah, that's very nice. (laughs) Yeah. My goodness. So things like that. It's yep. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a fabulous and I think so informative and very cool to hear about how somebody's experience, you know, is in a different country, because I think we maybe read about it or we'll see it on TV or we'll think in our heads how an experience is is for another person. But actually hearing someone's story really is impactful. So thank you for joining me today. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. It's fun to talk about it. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.